Happy Friday, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And, man, we made it through another week. The, I guess March Madness continuing to roll on. I don't know if you've been following that. And the guy that had the perfect bracket, which, by the way, had never been done before, uh, it ended yesterday. Uh, the uh, Sweet 16 started there. If you're following uh, any of that action continuing here and into April, like everything else, it used to be, be March, uh, goes into April. Uh, opening day, right? Baseball started. That's going to be a tough year for the Diamondbacks. Uh, I don't even, We gave up like a million home runs in the already, and only the first game of the year. Uh, so it's. You know, Phoenix sports not so good. About the Coyotes, about the only thing doing well here. Uh, what else going on? I, great weather has finally arrived. I'm hoping uh, 100 degree weather will be around the corner. These yellow flowers have absolutely killed me, um, and I just could not shake it. The, the congestion, you know, the allergies, that little rasp in the voice. Uh, but it'll be gone soon. Uh, 800-951-0592. That's the website, allamericangold.com. Uh, get ready uh, for the medals plan, right? Don't forget about that. That's going to be Monday and Tuesday. We should be completely done with those on Monday and Tuesday. 10% bonus. Anybody signing up uh, between now and the end of April, you just get you know free hard assets for doing it. Uh, if you want details, give Arlene a call. She can walk you through it. Uh, got a big, big day for 1360 today. So the station that we're running there in Johnstown, Jason, myself, Brian, it's going to be a long night. We're putting in an actual radio board. Believe it or not, they didn't even have one. Uh, we're putting that in tonight. Uh, should be should be interesting. If all goes well, fingers crossed, on Monday, you won't even know we did anything. It'll sound great. Everything will sound great. Uh, it'll allow us to do a whole bunch of other stuff. If things don't go well, <laughs> I'm not sure what will happen on Monday. But, hey, you know what? That's that's what we signed up for, so we'll see how that goes. So after Eric's show tonight, if you're uh, in Colorado, you're paying attention, and you yeah, funny things start happening. Don't worry, we're we're doing stuff. Uh, but but I'm told told that in three to four hours we'll we will be able to complete it, uh, assuming we don't run into any issues. And I guarantee you, we're going to run into some. But uh, nonetheless, got a lot of stuff going on uh, today, uh, yesterday, and I missed it. You know, yesterday we had this sell off in gold and. And I was kind of scratching my head because I'm like, I don't get it. I don't see it. There's no real great data. I mean, I know they, they did the China thing, right, the trade thing. And matter of fact, they're trying to do that trick again today. But I missed it. Remember what I've been telling you about the other metals, talking about platinum, palladium, and rhodium. And I said, be careful, right? I, I, and I know, right, platinum or palladium, right, everyone's all excited about it and hit new all-time highs. It's been higher than gold. And I told you to be careful because when it breaks and falls, it's going to be big. Yesterday, uh, palladium was down 110 bucks. Rhodium was down 275 
just yesterday. They were down the day before as well. And, and I, you know, it's not a you know, I don't watch those two medals uh, that often. So I, I was caught off guard. Uh, Palladium's rebounding a little bit today. Uh, the rhodium has, has not moved. So rhodium fell $275 yesterday, hasn't moved today. Uh, gold's up, by the way, gold's up like five bucks. Silver's up uh, a little rebound on economic data. We'll get to uh, platinum is up eight. Platinum really, uh, you know, took it in stride. Platinum's about $846. Palladium, like I said yesterday, was down 110 The day before that, it was down 75 The day before that, it was down like 50 It's up 36 right now, 1162 uh, as Palladium was uh, 1600 bucks, uh, at, well, I think Friday, a week ago, or maybe it, was, it may have even been Monday, hit 1600 bucks. So uh, kind of a big sell-off in the other metals, probably dragged gold and silver down with it a little bit. We had a lot of economic data out today. We'll get to, we had consumer spending, we had consumer savings, we had wages, we had new home sales, and, and all of those. We'll break all of those down for you. Uh, and I'll say this reiterates what we've been talking about, and we'll see about uh, what that means for GDP in the first quarter. We heard from Sears yesterday, something we talked about uh, in the other show about pensions and what companies can do now. Uh, and to, uh, yesterday, Sears uh, made a major announcement uh, that affects already retired Sears employees. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then, uh, what was it? Give me a second. It's live radio. I know. I, I had it right in front of me. Then my uh, computer uh, froze up on me. Oh, here we go. And then the other thing we're going to talk about, too, is talking about Arizona. Is Arizona getting ready to go, I guess, what do they call it, purple? The Democrats sure seem to think so uh, as the state's population. And, and we're seeing this everywhere, right? We're seeing it in Colorado. We're seeing it in Arizona. All of the blue staters moving into Arizona. Now the Democrats think they can swing Arizona to their side in 2020. Well, you know, and already... Uh, I, you know, and shame on me for forgetting her name. Uh, was you know, uh, Martha McSally lost the, the gale. I forget her name. Kristen Cinema, right? We already got that happening. There's the music. We'll be back. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. So we had a really very important economic data numbers out today when it came to incomes and spending. Right? You know, the the old saying goes: the consumer seventy percent. Of GDP, well, how are we doing, right? We hear every single day. Matter of fact, I will say that I have not gone a day. If I've got the idiot box on for longer than 15 minutes, and I'm talking about when you're turning on, you're, you're turning on Fox Business or you're turning on CNBC, they don't go 15 minutes without telling you how much more money we're finally making. Right? And then, of course, then they quantify, well, you know, the lower end. <laughs> they, they raise the minimum wage uh, a little bit here and there, and they call that prosperity. 
personal incomes in the United States increased less than expected in February and January. Right, A little catch-up from the shutdown. According to a report released by the Commerce Department this morning, they said personal incomes rose two-tenths of a percent in February after being down one-tenth of a percent in January. So I know, listen, I'm a public school kid, but if you uh, have a two-tenths increase and a one-tenth decrease, uh, yeah, we got a whopping one-tenth, right? That's probably not going to even cover the price of the increase at the gas pump. Have you seen that gas ridiculous again? I drove by this morning, 260 something, and I got to get ready to fill up. That's why I was paying attention. I don't even know when it happened. It probably happened a week ago. Economists had been expecting personal incomes to climb three tenths of a percent. Whoops. I guess uh, the wages. Aren't that great? Increases in wages, salary, government, social benefits, right? So Social Security, right? Everyone got a little bump there. Uh, and I forget what it was. It wasn't a lot, but but I, I think it was maybe like 20 bucks, something like that uh, for the month. Uh, all of that counts. They said there was a decrease in personal interest income. Yeah, I guess that's going to continue, right? Because rates are rates are now falling. Uh, no one, no one's going to earn uh, any interest. Disposable personal income or personal income less personal current taxes. So this is the real number, right? So you think about the headline number, and they love that number, right? The uh, Your health insurance premiums went up. And the company, uh, they they picked up part of the tab. You got to pick up part of the tab, right? Well, since the company's picking up part of that increase, they act like you got more money. See, so inside, and that's the number. They like to throw that number out there. The number you don't actually get in your paycheck. Now, inside that, They do tell you the number inside of it, which is called disposable personal income, right? In other words, okay, I just got my check. Forget about what the gross number is, right? What do I get after FICA and all these other things? A lot of people, right, you had to readjust your withholdings because you got the little tax surprise. Well, guess what for the year? Now, it's only a couple of months. It's early. But you think about it, this should probably be the best time, right? Because a lot of states, Arizona definitely was one of them. The minimum wage, the laws always seem to say, hey, start January 1st. And I think like 20 states increased the minimum wage uh, starting in January. And same thing with Social Security. So when you get your, if there is an increase, in your COLA, your cost of living, that starts in January. So the number should be the highest at the beginning of the year. According to the Commerce Department, disposable personal income, zero for the first two months of the year.
So you hear it on TV, and I like it. Every 15 minutes, they tell you, you're making more money. You're making more money. And then the Commerce Department came out and said, well, you know, uh, yeah, you are making more money, uh, but it's not in the way you think, right? It's not actually spendable. Uh, So uh, came in at zero, disposable personal income. Then they gave, okay, disposable personal income was zero. How about spending? Right, remember now, this is 70% of the economy. They said real spend, well, let me, let me start at the beginning, I apologize. Personal spending inched up a tenth of a percent in January. It fell six-tenths of a percent in December. So you kind of can do a little math, that's still, yeah. Not not a great number. Uh, they were expecting spending to increase by three-tenths in January, so we missed. In other words, uh, this is probably going to lead to a little lower GDP number uh, because January came in weaker than expected. Real spending. Now, I guess that headline number was fake spending. <laughs> I don't make these reports up. I don't. This is directly from the Commerce Report as done by Reuters. Inside the report, they said real spending, which is adjusted to remove price changes. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know what that, and I'm sitting there and I'm reading it. What does that mean? How is that real? That can't be real spending. Hey, you know what? Gas went up. Let's just pretend it didn't and, and see what we do. Uh, real spending was uh, also up one-tenth. By the way, it was down six-tenths in December. With income slipping and spending rising, well, I don't know, you know, income was zero. Personal savings rates fell two-tenths of a percent in January as well. So these were the, this was the, uh, the first of the economic data points as far as how is the consumer doing. And again, the media controls the narrative. Right? You go out there and, and they want people to believe, hey, you're getting more money. You're getting more money. They want you to believe that. And people, you know what, they'll take it. They'll, they'll okay. Right, things are good. I'll spend. Right, that's their their whole goal is to get you to want to spend more money. And in the first two months of this year, here's how you did it: you went into debt, or you know, if you're lucky, maybe you had some savings. Either way, uh, not the greatest news of the day. Of the day. Sears today. Well, I guess this was yesterday afternoon. Obviously, we know Sears is. They're not out of business yet. They're, they got the last of their remaining stores, uh, but, but it's coming. Oh, by the way, on another, see JCPenney's, right? 27 more stores closing, right? They're in the Sears mode. They don't want to do it all at once, right? They don't want to come out and tell you, hey, we're going out of business in next year, the year after. But what we'll do is we're going to close 20 stores this quarter, 27 the next quarter, 15 that quarter, 33 this quarter. Sears announced this month 
that an undisclosed portion of the struggling department stores chains 90,000 retirees would be losing their life insurance benefits. And again, remember, we keep talking about this. These are people, you're already retired. And all of a sudden, you get a letter in the mail. You don't think it's going to happen to you. It's going to happen. Listen, and I don't care if you're a firefighter, a cop, a teacher, right? All of these pension funds, none of them are funded. None of them. And if you sit there and you say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to be okay because I'm going to get this pension. You're just kidding yourself. I mean, sorry. I wish it was different. The retailer sent letters to the retired employees informing them that their life insurance would be axed as of March 15th. So think about it. I just saw this yesterday. So two weeks ago, they said, you're done. Now, I don't even know. It doesn't even say when did they send the letter. How much time did they get? According to the National Association of Retired Sears Employees, some didn't receive their letters until after the date passed. (laughs) This is how it works, right? They don't care. The dreaded news came just months after Eddie Lampert, you know, bought the remaining shares. The 90,000 employees... They, they, here's how, I guess, here's how it worked. The company paid $16.6 million in premiums to the eligible employees. That was a 2017 number. So this is, you know, let, let's just say, you know, let's just use that number, $16.6 million worth of benefits that are going to disappear. One retiree, 76-year-old Tom Dowd of Delaware, worked for Sears for 30 years when he retired as an HR resource manager, so human resource, in 1998. Think about this, right? The guy's been retired now for 20 years. I spent my adult life there, he said. And if nothing else, that requires a little bit of dignity as opposed to a letter saying your benefits are gone. The first cut to life insurance uh, policy started happening all the way back in 1997. As of 2019, Sears was still covering policies at least $5,000 for eligible retirees. Most policies range from eight to 10000 Well, guess what? They're about over. Uh, and this is how it happens, right? When the money's gone, the money's gone. And, and, and it's the same thing, you know, and I look at, and I hear all these people talk about whether it be an annuity or uh all of those those plans that they the whole life policies, all of these things, and they say, "Oh no, you're guaranteed." 
Sears told these people, hey, this guaranteed for the rest of your life. Here's the problem. It's only guaranteed right up until they don't have any money. And then after that, you get a letter. It may not even, <laughs> it may not even be on time. There's got to be a law against that, isn't there? I guess not. Uh, that just simply says, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, your benefits are over. So yesterday, you know what, we'll get into this one after the break. But yesterday, remember what I told you about the 401k and the pensions? Just a big scam on all of us. Right, of course, the, look at these guys. Even their pensions now gone. Right? They're gone. You don't get anything. Uh, just so the Dow could be at 25000 and you got these 401ks that really, if you think about it, Everybody should be walking around with like three, four, five million dollars in these things, and yet the median balance isn't even fifty grand. I'm going to tell you the 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 plight of the millennial versus the bankers when we return. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now continuing that legacy, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Since 2015, the abortion clinic practice of selling aborted baby parts has been yet another chink in the armor of Planned Parenthood. This practice was a revolting discovery that turned the stomachs and the attention of many Americans. Because of this critical discovery by David Deladen and the Center for Medical Progress, Planned Parenthood and the abortion issue as a whole came under a new round of scrutiny and discussion in American culture and government. This has given the pro-life community new opportunities to chip away at this evil industry, not by advancing abortion legislation, but by attacking the industry's other business practices and their receipt of federal funding. While Congress's push to defund Planned Parenthood of nearly $500 million a year has been so far unsuccessful, another lesser-known effort has been met with victory. Medical waste firms that process the bodies of aborted babies from Planned Parenthood and other providers have come under fire for associating with these newly discovered vile practices. An organization called Created Equal has led a specific effort to identify and pressure medical waste firms who work with abortion providers to dissolve their connection with that industry. In the view of Created Equal, divorcing these companies, much like ending federal funding, isn't going to end the abortion problem, but it can certainly stop enabling businesses like Planned Parenthood. These are victories that chip away at the scourge of abortion in our nation. Within the last two years alone, Created Equal has met with success in their efforts. First, they targeted a company called Specific Waste, who revealed after pressure that they had ceased to provide medical waste services for abortion centers across the Midwest. Next, Created Equal targeted a company called Stericycle, who sued Created Equal after their attempts to expose Stericycle's connection to the abortion providers. Stericycle has since dropped the lawsuit and revealed that they're revising their policies and that they had canceled contracts with abortion facilities. These are noble efforts and victories, and they should be celebrated as we work to close the doors of all abortion providers and protect future generations of Americans. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As President Trump fulfills his campaign promises, his accomplishments on trade, immigration, the economy, and protecting the unborn should be celebrated, not ignored or diminished. 
To track these victories, go to phyllisschlafly.com and find out what's next for the Trump presidency at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. So yesterday, we were talking about how banker bonuses were up a thousand percent since they were able to ditch the pensions and give you a 401k plan. And then they talked about actual wages and how the minimum wage would need to be, what was it, $33.51 to equal what Wall Street has gotten out of this. And if you did that, if you worked 40 hours a week, which I know that that's being generous, but that would be just under $70,000. That's what the minimum wage would have to be just to be keep pace with where the bankers are at. But you'd still be at the lower end. But that's where you need to be. And then I ran across this story. I thought it was perfect. Millennials, and, and really, take the, that word out. doesn't matter what age. doesn't matter if you're a millennial, a Gen Xer, a baby boomer. Here's what you're making. They face a nasty obstacle on their path to financial security. Remember what they used to say? Oh, we can't do this to the our kids and our grandkids, right? The millennials, I got news for the millennials. You guys are the grandkids. <laughs> You're it. You're the grandkids. I'm the kids, right? It's happening now. From student loans to stalled wage growth. Think about what I just told you today. It's not my number. The government, the Commerce Department said, hey, real wages, there's no growth. I mean, we get fake growth, right? Hey, if you let us use fake numbers, then we've got growth. To nosebleed housing cost, right? it doesn't matter, mortgages, rents, it doesn't matter. Care for ailing parents. It's a tough time to be navigating the early years of adulthood. Now, I'll... Let's uh, calm down on the dramatics. I mean, the millennials are up to 30-something. I mean, those early years of adulthood, at least in my eyes, are like, you know, you're 18 to, to 21. But, you know, I guess, you know, now you can be on your parents' insur- insurance until you're 26, so who knows. So a letter by shortened life. Okay, so he, he's uh, writing a letter. He doesn't want to give his name. But but here's the issue. Says that, how can I make ends meet? I'm broke at the end of each month, despite making a $61,000 salary. And I think back, and I, and I told you guys this story. You know, when I started in retail, I became an assistant store manager, and I wasn't, what, 21, 22 years old. And I made $28,000. Man, and this was, what, 92? And I thought I was rich. 
And then I got promoted. It did take long, about six months, six, six, seven months. I got promoted to store manager. And I made 40000 And then I knew I was rich. Right? And I'd already been living on my own for, for years by that time. I'm currently 24. So I think back, you know what? I was making about 40 when I was that age. At 24. I graduated with a BFA about two years ago. I'm not sure what that means. Business, finance, I don't know. BFA, whatever that is. I'm currently in a toxic salary paying job. It's toxic. I'm getting a salary. I feel seriously stuck and moderately depressed about my life. Right, and again, everybody got a trophy. Nobody likes it when it's hard now. By stuck, I mean I feel my financial situation is significantly preventing me from taking risk, switching careers, or pursuing my career in a different state. So I had to hit the cough button there. So here's what he here's where he's getting at. Hey, I got this job and it pays pretty good. But I don't like the job and I'm broke. My after tax income. Okay, so in my little report today, that would be your disposable income. This is money, so much money I can actually spend. Comes out to about $3,550 a month, which is well above the average income for a 24-year-old. He does contribute to his 401k, but at the end of the month, he sees red. Well, I won't even go into the 401k. That's, trust me, they scammed us all. Where does all the money go? So he, he lays out his budget. Housing. $1,358. That's what he's paying. Okay, and that's, that's probably about average. Right? Phoenix used to be a cheap place to live. It's not anymore. It's expensive here. He owes money to his parents. Right? $500. He has a $400 a month student loan payment. He has a car loan of $274. So this is an old car. right? Because you, you're not buying a new car at $274 a month. Groceries are $250. I, I don't buy that, but okay. I, I've been to the grocery store a lot more lately. Now that my wife and I, our kids are older, and our older son's gone, and our younger son drives. We we got nothing to do. So like she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna. You want to go to Wall? Go grocery shopping? Want to go to Walmart? Want to go to Fry's? Safeway?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, because I'm bored." So I've been spending a lot more time in the grocery store. Uh, Two hundred fifty bucks is like nothing. Car insurance, hundred and ninety. He has an HOA payment of one hundred and seventy dollars. His electric bill 
is $130, so he obviously doesn't live in Phoenix. <laughs> His electric slash heat's only 130 bucks. He doesn't live here. $75 for a cell phone. $70 for gas. Well, he must live right where he works. I fill up the tank one time. It's 40 bucks. Uh, we'll finish with this millennial when we return. The $61,000 millennial. He's depressed and he's frustrated because after his real job, he's got to work his side gigs, right? He's got to drive people around. He's a 3D artist, apparently, because he says he does that as well. But I'm frustrated because I feel like I'm always working day and night. And at the end of the month, I have absolutely no money left. And I looked at, you know, he's got this budget. You know what's so funny? There's not a single thing in here where that he eats out anywhere, uh, has a beer anywhere, or any any of that. It's it's one of those McDonald's-type budgets. Remember when they used to give uh, those out to their employees and they left off about pretty much everything? Uh, so he's so depressed he had a breakdown. The guy's 24 years old. I was working like 16 hours a day for like a whole month. With no break. Dude, you're 24. Yeah. How do you think I got promoted? I lived at that store. I had nothing else going on. I wanted to make more money. Anyway, I just was going back to my $33 deal. Right at $33, this guy would be able to just do his one job. He'd be able to make his ends meet. And this is just where we're at now. So sixty-one grand. And and for him, this guy lives in the Midwest. So he lives this is about as cheap as you can live. You can't live out here for this stuff. Can't live in Phoenix. There's an electrical bill in Phoenix in the summertime is like four hundred dollars. Now that's if you live in a small place. Speaking of Arizona. Coming off their best election season in more than a generation. Arizona Democrats see a path to the White House that runs through the Valley of the Sun. If their party's presidential nominee makes a concerted effort to win the state's electoral votes, Democrats now see an opportunity in Arizona because of rapid growth since 1990. So what is that? Let Just under 30 years. Arizona's population, we've doubled in population. Got over 7 million people here now. Uh, it is a desert. Eventually, we're going to run out of water. It says that the growth, which was once driven by retirees, Seeking sun and dry weather and delivering Republican votes to Phoenix, booming suburbs. But now, and I can tell you this, it's true. Like, normally, right about now, Phoenix would start clearing out. That doesn't happen anymore. These people are just here now. The new growth coming from a younger generation and shirts of good jobs and low housing costs. Well, that's gone. 
I don't know. You know, obviously this person, uh, he still thinks this is the Phoenix of the 90s. And bringing more progressive values with them. Listen, I don't know about Young. But I will tell you, the Blue Staters are here. And they keep coming. There's a lot of people moving to the Valley. A Democratic member of the Arizona uh, State House. We are demographically a state that's changing. Between 2001 and 2014, Arizona added half, almost, well, over half a million people from other states. Half of that number came from California alone. Right, listen, we need a wall. Right? We do. We need a wall. It needs to be between Arizona and California. I mean, that, we need to be there. Let it know, listen, if you're coming here, let me tell you what's going to happen. Keep all your failed crap where you left it. Right? You know why they're moving here. Right? Because their state's a train wreck. And now they're going to bring that same stuff here. Between 2012 and 2017, just in Maricopa County, right? That's the Maricopa County is like all of Phoenix and Scottsdale and Mesa. You know, the, the pretty much the you know because here it's different than a lot of other places. You know, when you go to from Greeley to Longmont on the Front Range, there you know it. Right, you got all this land in between, and, and, and you're passing farms and this and that. Not here. Here you hop on the freeway, you drive for, for 20, 30 minutes, you, you went through three cities, three, sometimes four cities. And you went, but it all, it all just runs together. It grew by a quarter of a million people, almost all of them. Democrats, a surge of Hispanic voters, a surge of voters from the blue states. When talking about expanding the electorate, well, they're looking at Arizona now as a state getting ready to go purple. People are fleeing California want smaller government, they want lower taxes, they want safe and a secure place to live. That's not a Democrat. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, smaller government, they don't want that. Lower taxes, they certainly don't want that. I don't know. The world's changing and not the way I want to see it, that's for sure. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment on a Friday. 800-951-0592. Gold's up 6, uh, 1296. Silver is up uh, 16, 17 cents now, $15, 15 cents. Uh, listen, I, I was hoping for uh, some sellers and a, a great buying opportunity and having a lot of, of gold out in the market. It's tight. Really, really tight. Uh, I've got some U.S. $20 gold pieces. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll let you pick whether you want the older Liberties or the or the Saints. 
right? The, uh, the Liberties, 1866 to 1907. The Saints, 07. The gold confiscation in 33. 1395. So you're looking at uh, like $99 over spot. You get to decide uh, which one of those you you like at 800 9510592 and man I just saw this and it was it's in in you can feel it happening. My son is a junior in high school, she writes. He was taught by his U.S. history teacher that the electoral college is unfair and should be abolished. The teacher bemoaned and decried the electoral college as an outdated, unjust system that subverts the will of the people. Right now, this is a history teacher. And if you know your history, you know why the founding found listen, I know they were racist white guys. I got, I got a newsflash for everybody. And I know I know that some people don't like to hear it, but our country was founded by these guys. And you know what? They did pretty good. They didn't want the big states to have that much power, right? Essentially, listen, it'll be real simple. Listen, you only got to campaign, what, I got to go to California, I got to go to New York, I got to go to Florida, right, uh, Texas, and that's all I got to go to. This is what it was designed for. It was never designed this way, right? Teach the history. Don't give your opinion. Nobody's asking for your opinion. And and this is really the problem. And these kids, listen, they, they learn this stuff. Right? I mean, we know this, and right? your teachers told you, hey, this is how it was. Well, okay, that must be how it is. And then these kids come out, and they don't know any better yet. Oh, yeah, it's unjust. No. It was actually set up to prevent exactly what the Democrats now say they want. Because they believe if it's the way they want, they win. And, and I just find it, and I see more and more of these where and, and it's just all through the public education system, all the way through college, it is the unbalanced. And, and, and before, you know what, at least when I was there, they gave you the history. And they told you why it was that it was designed this way. Right? And when they told you why it was designed that way, you're like, oh, I get it. Now they're saying, hey, listen, that's outdated. First of all, it's old. It can't be, it can't be good because it's old. Let me ask you something. Are the Ten Commandments still good commandments? Are they? Because guess what? They're old too. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Gonna have a long day today. We'll see everybody on Monday.